I think that my advice would be never stop asking questions. Mm-hmm. Ask questions to everybody you meet. Ask questions about everything you see. Ask questions about how everything works. Ask questions about how to ask questions because sometimes you don't even know how to ask the right questions. That's true. So never, ever stop asking questions. And that, that stands for, like, the rest of your career. Welcome to Nash Dev, a podcast about software engineering and the Nashville developer community. I'm Corey Elliott. I'm Renu Decheria. I'm Lisa French. Justin Leggett. And we're here to talk about junior devs. So why don't we just go around and tell how each person heard about the software school? Okay. So Renu, how did you hear about the software school? Um, my friend Marcus Fulbright. Um, he bugged me to no end until <laughs> I finally was like, okay, fine, I will go check it out. But like, um, it was like two years. How did you know Marcus? Um, I went to Belmont and we happened to be in the music business department together. Um, he ended up going down the route of that and graduating with a music business degree and I went into English Lit instead. <laughs> um, I just really didn't dig BA, BBAs, yeah. Bachelor yeah. of Business Administration wasn't my thing. So, um, yeah, I just kind of went down that path. He went to um, software school immediately after we graduated and came out loving his job and loving being a dev and kind of was like, you have a music background and you have a language background. You would be really good at being a developer. And I was like, I'm smart, but I'm not Google smart. <laughs> and so until I completely worked that out of my system, I, I really couldn't go back and look at software school until I was like, okay, I can handle this maybe. So, Justin, how'd you hear about the software school? Uh, I mean, I guess I, I kind of read up. I got a little frustrated with the, uh, the traditional four-year route. So I decided to uh, look and see what else was out there and kind of ran across it that way. Um, wasn't really sure I wanted to do it. Kind of wanted the four-year degree, but ended up talking to some friends at a hackathon a few months ago and one of them is in the program right now and he just raved about it so i, I kind of said well you know what i think this is a good thing Let, let's go do it are you nervous absolutely <laughs> about the school or the podcast the podcast <laughs> <laughs> the, the school will be more about uh kind of reassuring me to what i already think i know i've kind of you know two years off and on i've kind of done all the tutorials online you know, probably wrote the Hello World about 15 times <laughs> in four or five different languages. So I've, I've kind of got a good baseline, I think. But I think NSS will be more about, you know, yep, here's what you know. Here's, you know, it'll probably help my confidence more than anything. Lisa, you were one of the first cohorts. Yeah, um, I was in cohort two. I feel like it's like a long story. Like my whole life brought me to that point or something. But I'll try to keep it brief. I went to um, college for a marketing degree, well, initially psychology, then marketing, um, because I had I worked at Red Bull. I got this job just kind of randomly and um, really liked it and thought it was like applied psychology, thus less school. I, I wasn't really great at school. Um, so uh, after six years, I finally graduated and um, right into the Great Recession. And it took me 22 months to get my first job because marketing was just like, I was new at it and, you know, just, it was hard to get any kind of job. I was applying for housekeeping jobs and, you know, just, it was, yeah, so you all know. Um, I finally got a job at a senior living community and I was there for 
about a year before I kind of maxed out and saw there wasn't really a path for me to go. And during that time, I got to do some of the website stuff. So I kind of thought that if I knew how to do websites, that would be a really great compliment to marketing. So I was kind of looking around, you know, what am I going to do next? Like, will it be a marketing thing? And then I, um, I went to bar camp in, it was 2012. Um, and I, they had a session on the software school with the first cohort who were in it at that time. And I was just like, I looked over at my girlfriend at the time and I was like, that's it. Like that, that's what I've been looking for. And so, yeah, I did this. I quit that very comfortable job, which was really hard to do after like such a hellacious job search. And it was so comfortable. You know, they weren't going to get rid of me. You know, it was just like, uh, it was totally against something I thought I would ever do. So, yeah, I quit that job and I started the software school a few days later. And yeah, that's how I got started. Was it what you expected, the software school? I, I don't know what I was expecting. Beforehand, I tried to read as much as I could online about, I mean, I think boot camps were kind of newer at that time, maybe like 2012, 2011, kind of when they seemed to sort of start. Um, so I tried to read anything there was. I tried to find any women that I could online by searching like different things about um, Nashville women, you know, programmers, stuff like that. And... I found two, and one of them was a teacher at the school, and the other one I befriended and was a mentor through that time. So I don't know. It was, um, it was at that time, it was the first part, and it was taught by people who had just completed the, the first cohort. And it was like it was structured a bit, but it was, um, you know, it was kind of we were all just working our way through it. It was a new effort, you know. So I don't know, but I definitely, like, had a freak-out moment the first week ended up crying in the bathroom. What have I done? I feel like everybody had the crying in the bathroom moment at okay, some good. point in time. <laughs> Wholeheartedly. Agree. Like there was one day where you could go to the bathroom so you can cry and you would hear <laughs> from every other stall and nobody acknowledged it. Nobody ever spoke about it. Nobody mentioned it ever again, but it happened. So what about you, Renu? Was it what you were expecting? Was it? Well, I was in the first part-time cohort. So, like, there was a lot of adjustment for, okay, like, we know how this works in the full-time program, but we're going to try to, like, figure out how to do this part-time. And I had a lot of context switching going on because I was going to school three days a week, coding on my own two or three days a week, and then still working five days a week on top of that. Um, So it was, like, a solid 60, 80-hour schedule every week. Um, And... I think I was prepared for up to 25 or 30 hours worth, but nothing felt like enough. Like, I, I just wanted more and more time, so much so that towards the end, I think it was like we graduated in January, um, and our capstone was due on the 12th. And I remember, like, in October, sitting down and going, there's no way I can finish this. <laughs> there's no way I can chew this off and finish this unless, like, I make the time for it. So I sat down with my bosses and told them after two and a half years that, you know, I have to cut back or I have to quit because this is becoming the priority. And one way or the other, either let me go part time or or I have to I've really got to make that shift. And so um, software school was everything I thought it was going to be in a little bit more. Um, I feel like 
my, my dog forgot who I was. Um, <laughs> she was like, who is this magical person that just shows up from time to time? And the kids made a paper chain. Like, you know, those little, the circle loops that you make for Christmas to yeah. count the days. My kids made one of those paper chains counting the days <laughs> oh, until so... I was done. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about a good countdown there. Towards the end, like I started having it in my head. I could tell you I'm 88 days away from capstone. <laughs> I am 72 days away. Like... Um, but like once I went part-time at my job, I felt like I had more time to sit down and absorb it. And that's the point at which I was able to take a little bit more of a deep dive. And that's more or less what I was missing at the time. It's definitely difficult. Um, the, I, I don't know how people work and do the school, although I don't know how the evening program is structured, but, um, I had trouble not working like from a financial standpoint and I actually did not do the second part. It's definitely difficult, plus the, you know, the, all of the work that you do and the constantly feeling dumb, although I guess at that point in time, you're learning a lot, so it's like a flood of information, so you feel like. My, my classmates and I kind of really look to each other, I think, for support more than anything. Um, my best friend from software school has continued to be my best friend. She's going to be in my wedding, actually. Aww. Um, <laughs> And like, you know, there were a lot of times where, you know, she just got stuff. She was one of those natural, brilliant, amazing people who just like you showed something to one time and then instantly like got it. Um, And so occasionally when I would get like bogged down, I'd be like, dude, can you let's do some peer to peer work and, and we would pair program for a while. So. I would agree. I, my best friend throughout software school is still my best friend, and now is my coworker too. Um, nice. <laughs> so like the bonds that you form, it's it's like you know shared trauma almost. You know? yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but it's incredibly intense. But I feel like it also helped um, to learn how to work as a team. Like if you can't work as a team, you, you're not gonna make it. You can't survive that. Um, and so I feel like that was something that was a huge part that I was not expecting to learn, mm-hmm. but that ended up learning a lot about was that teamwork. And we've got, we've got Justin here, I feel like he's, <laughs> and you're about to start software school. So like, um, what kind of questions do you have about it or uh, fears well, or? <laughs> well, I've got a few friends that have went through it or that are in it now, so most of my questions have been answered. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a in a previous job, I worked with developers, so I kind of I kind of understand the field. I kind of understand what junior devs are, kind of what they do from day to day. So I really don't have a lot of questions per se about the school. I, I have to say, y'all have made me a little bit more nervous about because <laughs> I am planning for the part time. So you know, listening to you talk about how how much work it was. You know how you've got to cut back on your day job. I don't really have that option. Plus, I've got two kids and a wife at home. But work is pretty flexible, and they'll kind of let me do whatever I want. So I think it'll it'll work out pretty good that way. But yeah, it's it's good to hear y'all stories. You know that phrase hurts so good. Absolutely. It's like that. <laughs> like it. It was a burn that I enjoyed. I feel like there's a little bit of sadomasochism involved in software and it it oh yeah it totally hit the spot yeah I mean you've got to be like you know foolish to keep going after something that is not working for you and is not you know it's like hitting your head against the wall but when I was a kid I would play with Legos and I'd like sit there weeping while I was playing with them and my mom would be like (laughs) why don't you stop and I'd be like (laughs) 
big ass. I love it. And then, you know, just keep on. And it felt like software was the same way. Going through software squirrel, you had those moments where you're just like sitting there crying while you're typing, but you just can't stop. Yeah. Well, like the first time that a function works for you, though. Right. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I distinctly remember. So I was talking with one of my TAs yesterday, and I was like, I remember the first time you told me to try to convert Fahrenheit to Celsius with a single JavaScript function. And I was like, this is never going to work. And when it finally did, I was like, sweet. And I gave everyone in my group a Hershey kiss. <laughs> I was like, this works. Yay. It has amazing highs, yeah. but it's got some lows. Now, y'all might know the an- or not know the answer, but... um. Were the guys crying in the bathroom as well? Or were they- <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I do know that, um, especially at the beginning, we're kind of nervous to ask questions. And I know that a lot of the guys would come to me and be like, hey, what was the, what was the answer that you got from that? And be like, no, ask yourself. Like, step up. But, so I imagine if that told me that they were sometimes as clueless as I was, maybe just not showing it. Yeah, um, guys, we don't, we don't ask questions. I mean, we'll just get it wrong beat our head in the corner, but we're not going to ask anybody. Uh, what was the answer to you that You don't one? have enough time to not ask questions, though, because if you're not getting something, it moves so quickly that you have gotten left behind, so you just kind of have to get over it and be like, I have no idea what's happening. Could you please tell me what's going on here? Um, and it's just way better to just ask the questions. And it's important to state, too, that, like, Every, I hear every cohort has its own personality and dynamics. So, you know, plus my experience like three years ago, it's so, it's so different. It's, you know, so I tell people, um, I get people that find me and they ask me about the school or questions and I'm, I feel like I can't really help them. I kind of say, maybe try someone that graduated, you know, in the last couple of years if you can find them because, um, you know, but, but we could talk some about the after, the aftermath <laughs> I missed it when I graduated there was like this I don't know void mm, oh yeah. yeah I missed school so much I had trouble too because my classmates were like going on with the second part and I was like you know have I made a terrible mistake out on the job market by myself and you know I didn't know any of these peers that I would bonded with so much I wasn't able to be like can you help you know like just kind of be like what are you finding out there with junior you know they weren't even like thinking about jobs at that point so I'm gonna say when I interviewed for NSS they really didn't even talk about I mean I actually had to ask the question do any of your students start looking after the first half of the year and I was really told no they really don't it's it's you know maybe one or two people will get jobs but most wait till you know the end of the year before they even start looking because of your capstone projects mm-hmm. I mean I had a couple of friends who did that as well um but for me, the answer was, like, I didn't have that much experience with coding before I started software school. So I needed to sure up my skill set before I could go out and say that I was viable as a developer. Um, so, I mean, everybody's different, and there are so many people who come into software school with a fair amount of code under their belts. I just wasn't one of them. I wasn't either. Yeah. I had three years of computer science before I started school. And I thought that maybe that would give me some sort of leg up. By the end of the first day, I was on (laughs) an even playing field. Um, And so uh, it was not what I expected that it was going to be. It was a very um, 
a very humbling experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was it was really good. Um, I did not look for a job until after. I don't even know if I looked for a job during the second portion of school. I think I waited until I was done. Um, yeah. But it was just too much. I mean, I couldn't have dealt with the pressure of interviewing at the same time as trying to finish a capstone. Yeah. I just needed to focus on getting through school. And then once I had finished that, it was kind of unnatural, like fill that void with something else. Stressful. Yeah. And like job hunting. And I feel <laughs> like capstone gives you a lot of leads. Well, and it gives you a lot yeah. of leads, but it also gives you a portfolio. I mean, because yeah. nobody's going to look at your little calendar for the console and be like wow i want to hire that person (laughs) um so you know the capstone really gives you something that you can point towards and say hey look these are the things that i learned um and and it gives you something to talk about in an interview uh which i feel like is very important totally yeah so we have a question from ryan will the inspiration of this whole topic nice being a new developer, I'd like to hear about how everyone got started, what advice you have for new developers, and how you would go about learning if you were starting over. Also, how do you know when you're ready for a junior position? I feel like we've covered the how'd you get started portion. Mm-hmm. I like the last part of that. How do you know when you're ready to go into a junior dip position? Are you, do you ever know you're ready? I feel like imposter syndrome comes in at some point in time, and you sit there and you go... <gasps> Am I good enough? Am I ready enough? Is anybody going to want me? <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I don't know that I ever felt like, yeah, I am ready for this. Um, but I feel like as you take those first tentative steps and you stop worrying so much about um, whether people are going to like you or whether you're going to come across as dumb or not, and you start focusing instead on the things that you enjoy. I mean, you're sitting down and you're talking to people about something that's super awesome. Um, and once you can sit down and have that conversation and back it up with actual code, uh, I feel like that's probably when you're ready. Okay. Remember I'm on the outside looking in on this one a little bit and you know, I've looked all over the internet. I, I really thought about just foregoing NSS and just going out there on my own and trying to get that job, the first development job. And really everything I researched kind of goes back to it's not necessarily your resume it's what you have online is that a true statement um I believe that it's super important to do your capstone project because uh you know we did ours like a science fair we each had a table set up and people wandered around and talked to you about your project um and so you were able to show them You know, I brought my Raspberry Pi Minecraft server and some of my Arduino bots because I'm not a front-end developer. And so my project did not look as shiny and pretty as everybody else's. So I needed something that was like, see, but I got cool toys. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I I feel like um, the... the Yeah, I mean, before you even throw your resume out there and say, you know, I can do this language, I can do that language really all the research that I've kind of seen is is when you're doing that you know not only is it good enough to have a cool looking resume that has a lot of nice words on it but you also have to have you know some some projects on github or or something similar to that that you can kind of say hey go here look at what I've got out there look at all that cool stuff I've done 
you know, look at these projects that I've kind of helped with, you know, something like that. Absolutely. GitHub is vital. Well, I think it depends. Coming from the, I work at HCA now, like the corporate world, there's some people that have worked in enterprise software their whole career, and they go home in the evenings and they don't code on stuff. And so if they were to leave, you know, they can't really show those things, but they might have a certain amount of experience. And usually in a coding, uh, well, in an interview process, they'll probably give you a coding exercise of some kind, and you can show what you know then. But, I mean, it definitely helps, like, uh, I mean, unless it's really bad, I guess. But, um, right. but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like it depends on what, what you're targeting. And it's, I mean, it's very easy for um, someone to go to GitHub and access those things. But I think it kind of depends. Like, I th- I'd say in the startup world, very much, yes. In enterprise, not so much. I don't know if, I, there's probably some people there that don't know what GitHub is. Yeah, along those lines, I, I work for a startup. I work for Groups 360, and I mean, I'm kind of vain about my little heat graph on GitHub. <laughs> like, I, I want it to be really, really green all the time. Yes. I don't know whether it's just because I like the color green or because it says <laughs> something about what kind of developer I am or how quickly or I code. Or I don't even know. But, I mean, like, it looks really good to show that you're passionate and consistent and always mm-hmm. building something. And I think that's more or less, like, what that speaks to. Um, that being said, are all of my projects deployed? Not really. Um, would I like for them to be? Of course. Although at this point, the code's probably a little bit sad, but I feel like everyone looks back at your code from like three months ago and like wants to kill themselves slightly. Yeah. Um. I play the like get blame drinking game where you're like, <laughs> who wrote that? That's horrible. And then if, it, if you get blame and it's you, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, saw, I got an email today about unlimited private repos. It was like thinking, do I hide all my stuff? <laughs> the frustrating thing about contributing to private repos is that heat graph. It is blank. Yeah, and, and working in enterprise, like it kills me. I go and I, lo- you know, I'll star stuff in there occasionally and I'll look at my profile and it's so sad. And it's like <laughs> just something about that environment where, um, you know, it feels like a bubble sometimes and um, that world doesn't really mix with the meetup world only a few people do and um and then the code we're not able to use that because it's healthcare and things like that so um i've been meaning to have a i want to really do a react app on the side because i know it's the hotness and i just (laughs) like just something about well they're not doing it and you just kind of get caught up in this like i don't know but i like i like the graph too mine hasn't looked good in a while (laughs) <laughs> so back to the question that he was asked, asking, he asked um, if you could give advice to somebody who's starting out. So what's one piece of advice that you guys would give somebody starting out? Can I do the NSS answer? Absolutely. A, B, C. <laughs> Always be coding. <laughs> <laughs> um, starting out as after software school or just haven't written a line of code? I'd say haven't written a line of code, just fresh starting out. Just just based on my personal experience, if if at all possible, I like you were saying, I 
um, Justin, like you were saying, I was trying to, before considering the school, I was thinking like, well, there's so many free tutorials online. And I think Year of Code was like that that year, 2012, they had or something. And, I, and then, you know, it was October and I hadn't done anything, maybe a couple of them. So, um, but it, you know, if um, it can be really distracting if you're worried about like, providing for your family financially and things like that and so if at all possible to do this on the side and kind of get some stuff under your belt because it seems like people come into the school a lot more these days having done some stuff or I think um, right now I, I just signed with them probably two weeks ago and they're pointing people towards Team Treehouse and their front-end development uh, curriculum there so so really i I think by the time school starts, I'll probably be through that. And that's roughly eight or nine hours of tutorials online. Yes, that is different. They they have like prep work now, yeah. which, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Yeah. The prep work was awesome. But at the same time, I was still, ah, oh, panic, levendy after the first day because I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I think after school, the thing that really helped me to get prepped for interviews was doing kata on uh, code wars i don't know if you guys play with that, that at was all a lot of fun yeah yeah like there's just so many times when someone will throw you a code test or you'll be like doing a whiteboard test or all these different interviewing scenarios where you need to just kind of whip it out and be like i can do this yeah. um and then katas kind of give you the opportunity to exercise that muscle Probably a, a, another answer to the caller's question. Uh, really, if you don't really know that you're, you know, maybe you, I mean, maybe you've never been around a program before in your life. You don't really know what this is. Um, go to a meetup. Try to find a, a friend that might be in the development world. Talk to them about it. You know, if possible, go to work with them one day. See see what this is all about because. You know, I mean, we, we all watch movies and we see, you know, hackers and people like that doing this really cool stuff. But you don't really know what a developer, a developer does until you kind of sit down with them and kind of see that, oh, I sit at a computer for eight hours a day. Or, oh, I have, you know, four hours of meetings and two hours of coding today. You know, <laughs> you, you know it'd be good to be with one of those people and kind of see what they do. Because, I mean, software development is a it's a big challenge. I mean. You know, it's, it's a different way of thinking. I think that my advice would be never stop asking questions. Mm-hmm. Ask questions to everybody you meet. Ask questions about everything you see. Ask questions about how everything works. Ask questions about how to ask questions, because sometimes you don't even know how to ask the right questions. That's true. So never, ever stop asking questions. And that, that stands for, like, the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Just coming from a stubborn guy here. That, that's really hard to do sometimes, but it, it's really good to kind of get out of your, you know, your safety zone or your comfort zone and just kind of say, hey, I don't know this. Can you help teach me that? Because just having a mentor that kind of says, you know, oh, you've had 95% right. You just put this here and you've got it goes from I don't know what I'm doing to, oh, this one little comma and I would have had the whole thing by myself. And, you know, it's that confidence boost that somebody like that just saying, hey, you're almost there. You know, it, it boosts your confidence through the roof. Well, and beyond that, I'll, there's there's thousands of ways that you can do the exact same thing, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good way to do the thing. Um, and so I feel like that's something that you have to learn through trial and error and asking other people, well, why did you put that there? 
why don't you have logic in your controllers? Why are tables so heinous on the front? You know, you don't know the answer to why until you ask somebody. And that's not really something that you're going to be able to bang your head against the wall and Mm -hmm. figure out yourself. You just have to rip it off like a Band-Aid and ask. Yeah. And I think this might be way off subject, but that's, in my opinion, one of the shortfalls of the online go through this tutorial type thing is you go through these things, you do these fairly small things, and then at the end, you know, you've got to do like a big project, and you might get it done, but especially as a new person, you're sitting here going, it took me 400 lines of code to do that. Is this good? Is this absolutely terrible? And and that's where, you know, a mentor or somebody that kind of could look over your code and say, hey, you got it right, but, you know, why don't you do this, and you can drop 20 lines of code and make it look a lot more readable, a lot better. Oh, that would be yeah. another thing. Uh, mentors, get one. Get Absolutely. more than one. Be one. Be two. one, yeah. That's how you keep remember, like how you keep learning as well. And um, I feel like a lot of people, they, they, they lose the skill to learn how to teach. They forget what acronyms, you know, or how they're not, like someone might not know. They might not even have a text editor, you know, like just being able to do that is, is so important and teaching in a way that people can learn there's two types of teaching that i've encountered and one type is let me tell you how much i know and (laughs) how amazing my skills are and i find it really difficult to learn from that and so teaching from somebody who's passionate about what they do that is willing to take the time and is not frustrated by having to explain something you know 10 levels below where they are Mm -hmm. um, is really important so find somebody that you click with and that you can learn from along those lines I guess this is something that I've been kind of messing with recently but I I feel like I don't formalize my mentorship relationships I feel like I become friends with people and eventually by exposure and by like just hanging out and being like well what do you want to code I don't know what do you want to code I have like an informal mentorship relationship I don't know. Does that even make sense? Do you guys think that that works? Because I don't go to, I don't necessarily like propose to someone and go, hey, I don't know who you are, but I kind of think that your code's awesome. So can you please be my mentor? Because I get really (laughs) intimidated in that situation and I chicken out. So (laughs) I like wait to have coffee with them or wait to like see them around in the community and maybe like get to say hello and then later on when they decide that I might be cool enough to hang out with, I'll like ask a technical question. Or I don't know if that's just me being like way too intimidated by everyone else. No, I think that that's probably pretty common. That's absolutely a lot of the relationships that I have now. Uh, When I was in school, I definitely would like stop people in the parking lot and be like, hey, I think you're kind of cool. Want to be my mentor? Hmm?" (laughs) That's so brave of you. I don't have that in me, I think. I think a, another good way is um, I I met a lot of people at um, the hackathons. Like even though I only had three months under my belt, like the first one, um, I, I went there and I was able to contribute to things and I was able to work along these people. And then we already had these projects that we can talk about and I can learn from them right there. And I know that they're like dedicated to be there over the weekend. So I'm not like putting them out, you know. Totally. Yeah, So um, so we realized that we're just four people and the junior developer community is very vast and so we want to hear from you all 
out there. Um, so if you, you've attended other boot camps, we just represented NSS here, but there's the Iron Yard and Savvy Coders in town. Um, we'd love to hear from people who got into the field without doing a boot camp. Um, people who went the classic CS route and went right into junior developing. Um, company, we'd love to hear if there are companies that have official junior developers. Um, a, a junior, sorry, a junior developer program. Um, or companies that, I mean, I feel like I asked this and I haven't heard of anyone that does, but, um, it, but if you have an unofficial junior developer program, um, but in the process of hiring one or figuring out as you hire people, um, and then just what, what worked for you all as a junior developer. So um, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us, show at nashdevcast.com. That's an email address. Or get in touch with us on the website, nashdevcast.com slash Colin. That's C-A-L-L-I-N, not C-O-L-L-I-N. Hey, this is Rodney, and here are the events coming up this week. On Wednesday, May 18th, the Nashville Mobile Developer User Group is hosting Google I.O. Extended Nashville 2016 at the Emma Bistro from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Also on Wednesday, the Azure Resource Manager Desired State Configuration Hackathon Starter is at LeanKit in Franklin at 6 p.m. Geek Girl Dinner is hosting a Code and Pinot workshop about working with recruiters from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Emma Bistro. Then coming up Saturday on May 21st is the TechUp Nashville Inclusive Summit and Career Fair hosted by Emma. That's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Links to all these and more are in the show notes. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud at Nash Devcast. Oh yeah, this was a relationary production. Our amazing editor, Clark Buckner, has edited and produced this episode.